This week, we bring on David and Muhammad from the Ask an Iranian podcast to talk about the good and the bad of Islam. COVID-19 for over a year and a half and America doesn't expect the bubble to burst. Learn about inflation and the doom that looms around the corner. And finally, for our Zoom segment, we talk about the validity of the laws of the land. Which laws should exist, which laws shouldn't exist. Let us know what you think. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Say What Needs Saying. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Say What Needs. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on any of our platforms. We would really appreciate it. I'm Zach. Now, Brandon. Let's get out of here. So there's so many different laws that people either feel should exist and don't or laws that currently exist that obviously people want to repeal or don't think are are justifiable laws. I feel like there are a million different ways that this episode could go. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I wanted to just come up with a couple different starting points, things that laws that we think may or may not, you know, exist justifiably or, or vice versa. Um, so I wanted to turn it over to, you know, Brandon and, and anyone listening, let us know in the comments what your thoughts are. What what do you think? What laws do you agree with and not agree with? What laws do you think exist or should not exist or should exist? Um, there are so many different ways, you know, we've talked about this with victimless crimes and, you know, um, drugs, I think, have come up in previous episodes. But Brandon, are there a couple of things that come to mind for you if you think of laws that either currently exist that shouldn't or laws that are sorely missing for one reason or another? Well, the first thing, my mind, and Ed, each time that you said, you know, this can go many different ways, my mind went many different ways. So the first thing that I thought of was, I forgot which, I think it was either Delaware or Michigan, that um, I think it was now the third state that has decriminalized um, uh, uh, was it not psilocybin shrooms? No, 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 no. It was um, <laughs> it was to you cannot segregate against someone's hair. That oh, was, got it, got it. And that and those are things that we're changing now in twenty twenty one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But then I think of like um, what's another law? The the Goldwater the the one two three rule in regards to. Uh, Clinton, and then even Joe Biden, who voted on it, where the three strike rule in a law that disproportionately only served black people, uh, that put a lot of black men behind bars in the seventies during the crack epidemic. What, then you feel, huh? what was it? I'm, I don't know if I'm familiar with it, to be completely well, honest. It was what it was, it was what Biden was apologizing for. Oh, the um, crime bill? Are you talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Other, I always uh, I compile a lot of them, or but yeah, it was that. And then as I'm as I'm trying to just recall other ones, um, there was a rule in New York that it was like the stop and frisk one. Mm, yeah, yeah. Ninety eight percent of it was black. New York is the most melted pot city. Mm-hmm. New York City is the most melted pot city, and ninety eight percent of it is black people. There has to be some level of bias here, or you know what I mean. It, well, and even if not, I think that's one where I, I think we can agree is a lot of that. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I get where the motivation came from with the crime rates at the time. And I, but even, even taking race out of it, I think that that one is a, is definitely an infringement on, on the right to due process. I mean, right. I get it that, you know, it, it's preventative policing, right? It's preventative policing because you don't have 
evidence yet outside of maybe a description or you know whatever so so yeah no that one was definitely problematic i don't know what the current policies are with stop and frisk i'm sure well, that no, it's, it's banned it's now banned. oh okay and because was it it was talib quali two uh q-tip jay-z and a few of the new york and new jersey artists um not so just anyway they helped bring awareness and then the banning of this the repeal of this law gotcha yeah no i don't know i think the first things that that come to my mind um when i think about this topic and when you know when i have been thinking about it recently um oh actually before i get into mine uh i'm gonna get into this comment we just got because it pertains to what you were talking about brandon but it says uh, those laws are inconsistent with cancel culture. Hair is protected, but cancel culture is overthrowing the oldest culture of hair among humans, quote unquote, natural hair. Um, but Justin Bieber growing out his hair during COVID and making small dreads in the front is being called cultural appropriation. I did see that. Brandon, did you see that? Anything about that? Yeah, people, a lot of people. Um, well, I, uh, yes, I did. I did see the quote-unquote backlash mm -hmm. no one no one in my field of social media circle said anything right or cared because i doubt anybody in my field of circle will care about 2021 justin bieber i think mm -hmm. we're all not 12 <laughs> little 12 year old little girls anymore um yeah. but i did see it to address the comment um i'm not sure i don't know what law is consistent with cancel culture unless you talk about the asian bill that just was passed which um, is not with yeah. cancel culture but it kind of come, comes along with our current culture then i associate cancel culture with our current culture mm -hmm. well let's get into that actually because i think that's something that we've talked a little bit about off air that you know i i know you feel strongly about it and i still i i still don't fully understand it but the what i do understand the principle of it seems it still confuses me Right. So because did you want I, to get into it now or did you want to do a side aside something specific? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we could do a sidebar on that one. Um but but yeah, I think that these um you know, these examples stop and frisk and and others, they're examples where on some level your rights are being infringed, right? And I think the main disagreement for a lot of people is what rights do you have? And so therefore what laws are actually infringing on those and you know what aren't. But I think the the interesting thing, so for those that don't know, what generated this episode, why why we're doing it, is I had shared a a post. There was a a tweet by David Hogg. He said something, I don't think I'll get it verbatim, but um basically if if you need a license to fish, you should need a license to have a gun. And I, I Dude, shared it. What's that? You said if you need a license, you need, you, have, you need both, right? Um, yeah, I mean, well, so you need, you don't necessarily need a license specifically to own a gun. You do need, I mean, you need to get a background check a lot of times, but like you don't necessarily need a license to own a gun. Sometimes you'll need like a license for, you know, conceal or, or something, but you can, buy say a long gun without having a license that says i can buy a gun right so it's a little different than say fishing licenses now um 
And so I think it's one of the elements that people have been discussing as quote unquote common sense gun laws is requiring something like a license to um, to buy guns, right? Because you that's the way it is, at least in Michigan. And I don't want to speak for every state, but at least in Michigan, if you want a pistol um, and you don't have a concealed um, a concealed carry license, then you need to get a, a quote unquote permit to purchase. And so there, I mean, it's not quite a license, but you do need to to get that permit to get a to handgun. Um, long guns are a little less restrictive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So anyway, so that started this. That's what what got this going, and it generated a lot more engagement than I thought it would, um, because you know I I kind of posted it as a as a joke. I reposted it and said you know or hear me out. Don't require a license to fish. And so it was the concept, it was just the concept of licensing. And I was just making a joke about, you know, well, maybe we'll just go the other direction. But it generated a lot of engagement on licensing and whether or not you should require a license to fish and whether or not it's it's a justifiable law or, you know, whatever. People were talking about that the costs associated to it, associated with it rather, go towards usually, you know, protecting the the environment or the or the metro parks or they go towards you know whatever um so yeah i don't know that one was an interesting one that generated more more conversation than i thought um brandon what do you, what do you see your thoughts on different licensing you know hunting license fishing license stuff like that i, I think for the hunting license aspect of it you need that just to regulate populations and with the more and more demographics relying on fishing but the demand needs to be the demand has always been there but the supply is not as consistent so someone has to come in and overfish the areas for example mm-hmm. or overhunt the area so you need that level of licensing for example like the striped bass you need to reduce how many people can take so many fish out the ocean to keep those numbers at a healthy non-endangered level right mm-hmm. but then we have the situation in michigan in regards to just the gun and overall pistol licensing, where that kind of comes out of necessity. We're in a culture that demands uh, demands a some type of response, you know, and we don't know if that response is correct or not. Uh, I wouldn't say that we can tell if the amount of shootings went down because COVID kind of scared everyone inside. So we don't know if the onset of those laws helped with that. However, we'll see after COVID. Who knows if there's after COVID? Um, but I did want to address a comment, um, that we did get. It says, I think a big push is from that super glue girl. Oh yeah. That thought it was okay. But white people are pretty ignorant that African-American and many have extremely thick uncontrollable hair. And the Elmer's glue is a common hair control because over the counter is either way too expensive or the hold or not strong enough. So I like the attempt there, <laughs> but I must say Elmer's glue is uh, not a common <laughs> hair thing. I promise you. The, <laughs> what the girl assumed was, there's, there's like, this is like, you know how there's like Axe gel hair hold or yeah, whatever? Yeah. There's something called Gorilla hair hold, and it's also orange, also in that kind of, in that bottle shape, sort of, and the same color. And I guess the girl quickly picked it up, saw it around the house, and used it. I, I, and it was funny. I run into situations where someone's like, "Hey, 
did you know this? And I'm like, did I mean know this? I think I, I did. Like uh, a friend of mine or a friend of a friend of someone removed than a friend, uh, someone walked up. So she was having dinner with someone and said, hey, did you know that the first black millionaire was Aunt Jemima? And you would think the person would hear that and lose their mind or at least retort properly. But it conveyed a level of, of, of shock. I'm still shocked, even just, <laughs> even just saying it, but it, I, I'm on a tangent. Um, but um, in regards to licensing, I, I feel like it has its, its part. I don't really, I see the instances of more licensing in the future though, because I feel like there just has to be more regulation, more people, more opportunities for things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, then licensing does accounts for uh, preempt their their good preemptive measures. I would say. See, I don't know. I think on a the more local you can get with it, the more on board with it I would be. Um, I don't like the idea of you know any kind of nationwide or federal that. license. What was that? You would hate that if you were to have a local license that you have to pay $25 for, oh, if I have to go to a different part of Ohio, I have to pay another $25 fee. If I want to go to Cleveland versus Cincinnati, that's another $50. And then, nah, I, I don't think you would like a local one. Well, it depends on what, what you're talking about for licensing, right? I mean, if you're talking about if you're talking about fishing, right, and you've got some local park that wants to, you know, have fishing licenses so that it can maintain upkeep. I think that's very different than having like a license to be able to fish in, in the state as a whole, or even as the country as a whole, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think depending on the issue, you know, if you're talking then about guns, I think that's one of the issues that people will talk about is, ah, what, what, what's it called? Um, universal reciprocity so i don't remember what it's called um basically if you have your concealed carry permit that it would count quote unquote in every state um so that's something people push for so i think something like that that's a very different issue for me than fishing fishing i think would need to be local hunting i think should be local um you know everything like that but i th- i still think i don't know ultimately i feel like even though I understand the the purpose that they serve, you know, in either maintaining a uh, certain populations, right, of animals, or maintaining a a certain amount of fish left, or making sure that it's not overfished, or maintaining you know costs of these areas, I feel like those are all different issues. Like I feel like the license itself doesn't address that directly. It, it all it addresses all of those indirectly. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like the it's just an example for me of law using too blunt and too broad an approach. Like, you know, if you really have an issue with that, pass a regulation on how many fish you can fish, right? Or how many pounds of fish you're allowed to fish or, you know, whatever. And, but then you just have to make sure that you can actually enforce it, right? Well, so Enforcing... Well, okay. Is there, are there entities where there's no licensing, but then there's enforcement of laws and practices? Because you have to have a driver's license, and then you agree upon all of the laws, yeah. and then the police—you're doing nothing wrong, but the police are there just in case something goes something. Mm-hmm. They need to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. So, like, and anyone's allowed to drive. I'm trying to find a comparison where there's a there's an entity where 
There's a policing force, but no licensure. Could you think of one? Um, I don't know. I think it's it mostly comes down to the the tracking element of it, right? Because like driving would be a really good example. Right, right. If you took out like, and this is what I mean with when it comes to approaching it indirectly i feel like as long as you had some competent people in charge of developing the system you could have a system where you don't need a driver's license to drive you just enforce road laws and use something else you know maybe social security or something to to look some you know quote unquote look them up right cop pulls you over for speeding because you broke a road law i don't have a license because licenses don't exist give me your social security and proof of insurance or you know whatever and then they look you up so i don't know i feel like there's and that may not be the right way to do it but i feel like there's a way to more directly approach it than the license to answer your question i don't know i don't know if i can think of a a situation that that has you know enforcement in a way that is not licensing at least not off the top of my head well even with the the creation or the genesis of this comment that started this uh that started the thread on our Facebook at Say What Needs Saying and our Instagram at Say What Needs Saying and on our Twitter at Say What Needs. Um, I wanted to ask: Is there a higher um precipice that you that this question came from? Not necessarily. I don't think you want to be the vigilantes to, for those who cannot trout where they want to trout. But do you? <laughs> Do you feel as if there's a corridor of, uh, of too much government control that I guess it came out in the form of licensing? Or like, is there like a, a secondary perspective along with the licensing? Yeah, I think it all boils down to the libertarian side of me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is where, and, and well, you know, and conservative for that matter too, right? So I think, you know, my... Pick one, Zach! Yeah, I know, right? So what's his name? Jason asked me when we did a collaboration with the, the Threads podcast, Life Unfiltered. Check that one out. It's probably already posted if this one is posted. Um, but he asked me what kind of conservative I am. And I kind of stammered through it because I really didn't know how to answer it. Um, and I never really thought about it in that way. But I feel like when it comes down to it, you know, I do believe in small government. And I do believe in constitutional law and constitutional you know, enforcement of the law. And so when it comes to the small government part, I think too many people think of it as small government means almost no government and or it's just hack and slash wherever you can cut anything out. And I don't think that's the case at all, either from my conservative leanings or libertarian leanings. But when it comes down to that concept of small government to me, these are the kinds of things that stand out as either unnecessary or or depending on the example, I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking about every single example, but either unnecessary or unconstitutional. Um, you know, now, there's something not would, okay. Sorry, go ahead. How would you say that they're unconstitutional laws? I always wondered that. Like, if, if, if a governing body and its constituents vote on something while being elected into the house of wherever they represent, whatever laws they should probably come up with, should be under the stance of, I guess, the rules of the land. So nothing mm-hmm. really can be or should be unconstitutional unless it will go against their job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so. I should clarify in saying that and say that, like, it, it is still the law of the land, right? Mm-hmm. So it is still the law of the land. It is still presumably, especially if it has gone to the courts, you know, it's 
it, it has been ruled constitutional. If it hasn't gone to the courts, then I guess you, you know, you don't really know. I think it, you know, it comes about just by faulty interpretation of the constitution. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can't say I'm not the expert. And so I'm not going to jump onto many specific issues and say like, no, no, this one, because this or this, because I'm not the constitutional scholar or legal scholar, but you know, I, Supreme Court justices do disagree plenty. And sometimes it comes down to quote unquote party lines or, you know, political leanings. And it'll go, you know, six, three, because it's um, because it's conservative versus liberal, quote unquote, or you've got originalist or textualist versus more of a, I guess, broad. And I don't yeah, I, w- I want to call it liberal, ac- um, rather judicial activism, but I know that that kind of carries a a negative connotation. So I don't want to jump to that. But yeah, I think, you know, that mostly poor interpretation. Um, For me, a lot of it comes down to the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment is the unenumerated rights um, amendment. It was the, um, it says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So basically, We've listed a bunch of rights that you have, but it's not an all-encompassing list. You have other rights that aren't listed here. We just don't have either the capacity or time or, you know, whatever to list every single thing you have a right to. Do people not bring that up or at least do uh, media, political uh, commentary shows not bring up that Ninth Amendment? Because then I would I would use that as like the Alien X in Ben 10. I'd just use that and be like, <laughs> well, you... Go, uh, a ban on rights, a, a ban on guns. I have more rights than what you just told me. Like I would just, I would use that as much. Or do you think that's held as highly as the other ones? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, presumably it. it at, at least, I don't know. I mean, it's too vague. I think to really hold as much legal weight. I think you'll have too many different interpretations of what counts as an unenumerated right you know what i mean like you like you'll have people on the left that will say that healthcare is a right i disagree right you'll have people that will say housing is a right i i disagree you know or or public education or public internet or you know all these things that people will say are rights and so i think it's it's a tricky slippery slope of using it too often but you know I think the, yeah, I don't know. As far as media goes, I, I never really hear it talked about. I never really hear anyone reference unenumerated rights. I just hear people describing things as rights, which I think is more, I don't want to say dangerous is too too big a jump, right? But I think it's more important to, if you think something's a right, well, let's have the conversation about why it's a right instead of just jumping to yes this is absolutely a right and we got a couple comments um so we had one person said if anything i think fishing should be a registration related thing either in a boating license or registration um, and just include it there uh, if i'm out fishing i might be smoking a j scan my boat uh boat code and leave me alone i don't want to be paranoid um yeah and i think that kind of gets into the idea of mailed tickets in general mm-hmm. um we we touched on that briefly in one of our previous episodes, but just this concept of well, why you know why not just scan the license plate and then mail someone a ticket depending on what it is, right? Expired registration or or a an air freshener hanging from from the the window or the mirror. Is that is that actually illegal? I was told that was illegal. Like 
it tech, I, I, yes, it, it at least in that state, there's something. I don't know the law exactly, but but it wasn't at least the primary. I mean, the primary reason, at least the police are saying, the primary reason he was pulled over was for the expired tags. But yes, I think there is technically some kind of law in in that state about it. But but even if there is, right? Why, you know, why couldn't you mail that ticket in um, as opposed to having to pull the person over, have an interaction, and then you know do everything. Um, I think that's one of the complaints that we've heard about this menthol ban is that it may lead to future interactions now, another potentially needless law that will lead to more citizen police interactions because there's now something else that's illegal. Well, I can, the only way I can see it, and I feel like someone, I feel like either I read this or I heard this, but you know, a law is only as good as whomever can protect it, right? Mm-hmm. And what does protecting it mean? Protecting it against everyone. Uh, how do you protect against it? Well, let's start off with the first red flag is that there's a there's a large demographic that works with this. So now you have to be hyper aware and get some additional training on how to uh, to handle both the demographic that this law has now bottlenecked and you now have to try to be able to discern by smell, which who would have thought that would have been in your job description, right. uh, menthol versus another secondary compound that you put in cigarettes. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? And then yeah. you create opportunities for shit to go wrong. Yes. If yeah. you thought you smelled some shit, now you don't know if you smelled weed or if you smell menthol. They're mm-hmm. both one of them one of them is legal now. Yep. You don't know you don't know which state you're in or which county you're in of which it is to be legal or illegal depending on the substance. Both affected by the same bottleneck demographic. It's just another opportunity you know what I mean? Women don't typically yeah. smoke. It's very, it's very tight in the window of which, and it granted, objectively, it may not seem that way. But when you have a small demo, when you have a small demographic in this country, things like this would have to appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and you know, we've talked about police brutality a lot in the in the previous episodes and stuff, but like that's more police interactions will undoubtedly lead to more police brutality. Like it's just a it's just a fact, right? Just like if you go through McDonald's 10 times more, you're going to encounter more broken ice cream machines, right? It's just to it's, a degree. It's to what? a degree. To Until, a degree, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Like McDonald's, if, if if and I believe we're in the correct country, but not mm-hmm. with a country with the correct response because enough people have gone to McDonald's and McDonald's as the largest food chain, fast food chain and the largest real estate owner in the world should be easily able to fix the <laughs> $80 problem, but they choose not to. Other entities of which we use this example of are huge entities that don't choose to address very minimalistic and basic problems. Yeah. So I don't know. I agree with you. Though. Hi, guys. I apologize. Can I interject real quick? Yeah, so with the comment sure. on um, McDonald's, I was watching a video that was kind of explained that um, this whole McDonald's ice cream machine thing, you know, in relation to like systems that, you know, they could fix things, but they just don't want to. Mm-hmm. Basically, the idea of the video was um, the McDonald's buys these uh, ice cream makers from these co- this company. And what they're doing is uh, basically uh, this company, Taylor, makes their machine hard to fix and mcdonald's knows that but they make money from each other Mm. right i i gotta watch the video again and explain but it's like yeah i just wanted to throw that in there that's it yeah yeah no who knows i would i would never ever expect that it's kind of like 
uh, it's kind of like a defective nicotine patch made from cool cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of fits in with planned obsolescence in general, right? Like it, it's just a little different, I guess, cause it's food. So it's weird, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll have to look into it more and, and figure out about it. Uh, we did have another comment that we missed. Um, it says, how about laws that are being implemented also that will be outdated eventually? Like in Ann Arbor, they're trying to pass a 15% cap on what Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, etc. can charge on a bill, even though those companies are reporting losses. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's a, I, living in Ann Arbor, that's a, such a stupid proposal. Uh, that I, I don't understand. But yes, government intervention in, in terms of their, you know, almost all, I'm almost always for more free market, right? There are a couple instances where I'll, you know, I'm amenable to antitrust laws and, you know, certain regulations in put in place to protect people's rights, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, this is one instance where I, I don't agree with with this proposal just because, yeah, I mean, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, I mean, you don't like, no one is for, the way that this has been framed, and I've seen this a couple times, the way that it's been framed is that people are, because of the pandemic, more or less forced to use these services, that because of this situation, they have to use DoorDash more often, they have to use Uber Eats, so therefore, these drivers are getting screwed, and, you know, when people don't tip, then um it's it's a problem and then the fees are a problem for the consumer so people on both sides have been annoyed and it's just a stupid no one is forcing anyone to use any service during this pandemic right i don't think i've gotten doordash i think i've gotten it once during this pandemic you know so these laws i think yes it's another example of of stuff that that is really not I don't know, not justifiable law in this instance. Um, Another comment following up on it says they're even using the emergency COVID situation as an emergency situation to do this as we're coming out. Yeah, it's I I am in disagreement with this one. I don't know, Brandon, if you have any thoughts or if you've heard. I'm I'm sure you probably haven't heard of it since it's so local with Ann Arbor. But I never heard it, but I have uh, a lot of issues with bills or things like that that are made so instantaneously without any type of, I guess, foresight. And I, I, in my head, I'm trying to wonder what lobbyist groups um, mm-hmm. petitioned for this. Like what, you know, because politics is all connections. You know, money is the lowest form of currency there. It's all about interactions. So mm-hmm. what interaction uh, allowed you to pen this one down? Like what do you, right. what's your kickback? I don't, I don't have, I don't understand the motivation for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these institutions. Power is a, big motivator and the more i mean like i know it sounds conspiratorial depending on which law you're talking about but the more power you have the more laws there are right the more power you have the more the the greater your ability to designate what is and is not allowed and what then the consequences are for doing whatever is not allowed right it's you know institutionalized cancel culture right that's law (laughs) Um, that's no that's too not all law right and this is what i mean like not all law small government doesn't mean no government um you know there are laws that are important right we need government to protect our rights um but there was the one thing that i i had mentioned to you briefly brandon but that this idea that and i guess i'll pose this idea to to people listening to to you brandon to anyone else um let us know in the comments if you're listening in the archives um 
And if you are, <laughs> smash that like button, hit subscribe, help us out, share us, um, tell a friend about us. But this concept that every law ends in the barrel of a gun, right? And that's my main, when I think about unnecessary laws, that's what I try to come back to, at least in most cases, right? Because if you think about a law that should or should not be there, right? Let's take jaywalking. I think most of us can agree that that jaywalking is oftentimes an unnecessary law, or at the very least, it's, you know, to protect the the individual that's choosing to make that decision, right? I think it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. So let's take jaywalking, right? If you, let's say you jaywalk mm -hmm. and you get pulled over, cop, cop sees you do it and they, they come up to you and they mm -hmm. write you a ticket, mm -hmm. right? So, so far now, and, and you are of the belief, right, in this instance that you're quote unquote in the right, that this jaywalking law should not exist um yeah, maybe they had really racist backgrounds in the beginning i know a lot of people huh? like arrested and have their face like scarred up from being like dang. a few that's what i'm saying like you is like like to you that's like a dang for us it's like you be like the level of awareness okay wow. i'll tell you i think the average white american may know 10 less laws than any minority group in america mm. Just because you have to be aware of at least 10 extra things that the general public end up, what you said, because at first I remember you telling me about this quote mm -hmm. uh, that you wanted to bring up, that every law ends in the barrel of a gun. I and, and it comes back to what we said earlier, someone has to enforce this. Yeah. If you make a stupid law, we're going to have stupid results. If you're going to make a law about the flavor of a cancer stick, I don't think it matters you know, you know the, the demographic that you chose to bottleneck. I don't, I don't know. It's right. Um, well, because what happens then, right? If you whether you look at jaywalking or whether you look at this menthol ban um, or anything, right? So, cop comes up to you because you're smoking a menthol, right? Now it's not legal, or you know, whatever. Or cop comes up to you because you just jaywalked, and you you are of the belief that this this law should not exist, right? You your answer to did you do anything wrong is no. Right. And the, the law's answer is yes. And so there's that conflict. So now we've got this law that seems innocuous and the cop writes you a ticket and you decline to pay that ticket because you believe you are in the right. You believe that law is whether you're talking about unconstitutional or whether you're talking about, you know, just shouldn't exist, whatever it may be. Right. You decide not to pay the ticket. Well, now you, you know, maybe you get a fine, you get a, a court date or something, you get, you know, whatever, it, it keeps getting, getting higher and higher. And you continue to push back. Well, now keep going a, another step, right? Eventually, you get a warrant out for your arrest for for resisting, whatever it may be, depending on the crime, right? But eventually, someone is going to come and get you for breaking this law, right? And if your answer is still no like you will then be resisting arrest right or you will then be right now you're breaking other laws that are built into the system that again you know may or may not have their own merit depending on what law we're talking about but again it, this all started because you jaywalked and refused to say that you did anything wrong or starting with a lucy right yeah starting with a lucy or starting with a, a menthol or starting you know whatever it all starts with that and if you refuse to um admit that you don't have the right to do that or that you don't have the ability to do that 
eventually it gets to resisting arrest. And once it gets to resisting arrest, what does it then come to? If your answer is still no, if you're still pushing back against this law, you can fight it in court, right? That's one an- one option, right? But let's say you then go to court. You then go to court and you 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 fight against this in court, you lose. Well, if your answer is still no, right? If you're still pushing back and because you believe you should have been able to jaywalk, now again, now there's a whole bevy of laws that you're breaking. But eventually, my point is eventually you're going to get shot. Eventually, because you are refusing to abide by this jaywalking law and the consequences therein, you will get shot. And there's a possibility that you will get shot. Yes. Yeah. You'll either get shot or otherwise detained, you know, in a way that doesn't lead to you getting shot. But that's what I mean when I say that a law shouldn't exist. How far are you willing to go because someone jaywalked? Right. How far are you willing to go because someone was smoking a menthol? How far are you willing to go because someone was selling a Lucy, well, you know, whatever? Well, who? Wait, who? Wait, wait, wait. The how law. Far, how far is the law willing to go? Right. How far is the enforcement willing well, to go? Because we're talking about has, having to enforce these laws. Right. Well, the law has the protection, the protection of the of the judiciary system and the yeah. badge itself. So I don't know who assigned. Well, I guess constitutionally it was assigned that. Uh, you're allowed to, I guess, use as however much equal amount of force to either defend or protect yourself as an officer or whomever is uh, protecting these laws. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, um, sure. And I think they should be able to do that, right? With the laws that make sense, right? If you are enforcing a law that absolutely belongs in place, then yes, you should be. If you're if you are protecting, you know, going back to the Micaiah Bryant shooting stabbing someone is a law that should stay on the books and so if you are preventing someone from stabbing someone yes you should be able to take pretty much any means necessary to stop it uh, to preserve the rights of the people that are actually being infringed on right Mm -hmm. so it makes sense for them to have those protections and for them to have those certain you know the ability to enforce the law and protect the rights of others. But I think there are certain laws though that then don't do that you know what I mean like whose rights are you protecting by enforcing that that you know loose cigarette law or that menthol law or whatever i don't know i feel I, hold on let, let me just address some of these comments yes, yeah from, we've been getting a lot of them <laughs> go for it from the from early on it says money has power because money has influence uh influence is power in any form i think influence is, has and i agree with that that last person influence is power in any form i agree but money may not have as much influence. Definitely check out our next uh, next series of uploads <laughs> for our inflation uh, segment for our money talks. Yeah. Um, it says, uh, jaywalking, I heard, is a racist law. I'm sure it is. Uh, one says, can anyone explain to me why menthol only? It seems like a racist stereotype to promote it. And as helping black people... In their opinion. And I agree because I think I remember menthol commercials and I'm sure you don't see menthol commercials on Lifetime. If <laughs> um, someone says, I'm against it for freedom to do self-harm. I agree, but the focus seemed odd. It still seems yeah. odd. Uh, someone says, I believe they're trying to classify it as flavored as banning those to eliminate the appeal to kids. Menthol yeah. equals experiment question mark, face plant, shrug, shrug. <laughs> I have, uh, to jump in really quick on this one, I have heard this, I mean, so obviously it it makes it easier, right? It makes it easier to smoke and, and it makes it less 
what pain, painful distasteful i don't know what it's supposed to do something right i don't smoke so i don't know but so the idea is that it encourages smoking because it's easier and then you can then get into non-menthol cigarettes or whatever and easy more easily tolerate the the harshness of it i don't know but yeah i think that's that's part of it, the reasoning at least the reasoning that's being proposed it's but, a lighter cigarette it's a less harsh feeling yeah so so yeah i don't know i mean as far as the motive i mean whether or not it's it's actually racism i i kind of doubt it right again i usually wait, want- wait, wait, wait. i think it's a good point Okay, Zach, is there a specific, a very tight specific demographic that this can affect negatively? Oh, yeah. Well, it will definitely disproportionate. I mean, from what I know, I don't, I'm not the one to, to speak of it because I don't, I don't know. But from what I know about it, yeah, I think it would disproportionately affect black people because more of them smoke menthols, right? Like, that's, right. I mean, or is that just a stereotype? No, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's backed by the sales and uh, yeah. propaganda and uh, ad advertising. However, would this be an objective example of something that could fall under the umbrella of systematic racism? No, no, I think. Oh, you just said no, it. You just no, explained it. Because I think this is the p- part that people disagree on with systematic racism or systemic racism. It's whether you focus on the outcome or the law itself, right? Because the law itself is not racist, right? The law itself. I, as a white person, wouldn't be able to smoke a menthol in this point, right? I, as a white person, wouldn't be able to smoke a cigarette uh, or sell a menthol cigarette. But the outcome is what is racist. And so this is actually, I'm kind of glad you brought this up. The point of every law is its outcome, no? What's that? The point of every law is its outcome. It's either the deterrent or the encouragement of whatever behavior. Yeah, but the right now, it's deterring engagement in a harmful behavior that is harmful for everyone right there may no, be no, 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 no it's harmful for everyone but it's not marketed to everyone so then is it harmful for everyone i mean yeah i don't know i mean i see what you're saying but i think that especially when paired with the ban on flavored cigars and the fact that they're doing all these other things i just think that it's more yes it is a law that will more disproportionately affect black people but i don't think that makes it a racist law i think no 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 one said racist law you see but that's what would make it systemic racism i think that would be that to me that would be the evidence that the system is racist because the laws making up this system are racist i don't think those two are equal i think you can there's racist laws and then there's systemic racism i don't think they i don't think those exist in the same world because let me see. I'm, I'm thinking of this like last time. So if we were to say a uh, systemic racism would be the not uh, it starts with a D when it comes it's like D something. Uh, it's in the realm of the bias and bigotry. Uh, I forgot the word. Diversity. No, it's, it's, <laughs> that's it's a, to take away or to, uh, to impede upon someone's discriminate. Um, yeah, okay. To discriminate upon someone's hair. Mm-hmm is to me a systemically racist thing well okay that one may be an example of a, a racist law because it's only what the, it's only affecting the minorities and the minorities that don't have the socially uh, ex- accepted hair so that would have to be black people because hispanic people can also exist in the world of the majority hair uh texture of compliance and professionalism wow. uh a systemically 
Well, can, actually, can I jump in really quick? Because I think I disagree on that, the premise of that, because I don't think that's a law. It's a law. It's a lack of a law in that instance. It was a lack of a law preventing business owners from discriminating. Right. So the system only had a racist outcome because certain business owners decided to enact a racist policy. You know what I mean? Like that. Okay. Okay. So okay. it's it's the lack of regulation that leads to that just because people are look i mean people are assholes right people are whether it's racist sexist uh bigotry you know you're gonna have business owners and businesses that have shitty practices or have practices that are are racist or whatever but i think that is more you can look at on it on an institution by institution basis and some people will say that right this whole originated with institutional racism and people were talking about that um but yeah, I don't think that's an, like in that instance, at least it's not a law promoting discrimination. It's a lack of a law protecting against discrimination, if that makes sense. I would we'll come back to this, but I agree with you on that one. Oh, someone had a, someone had a comment uh, to that. Someone said, I would consider the jaywalking laws to be systemically racist, for example, because of why exactly because why it came out and when it came about after uh, segregation in areas. Agreed, very much so true. Uh, it's designed to target people. Agreed, certain specific people. Uh, well, in in Zach's defense, it would be meant for all people, but then it only applies to those in a specific urbanized, highly populated area. Um, so the, to continue the comment, it says, we could do without some things like that. If it's the law or the people made the law, and the forces at the time were racist. They don't know. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's loitering because loitering is illegal too. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that it's. Oh well, we did get a we got another uh, comment in. I'll start with that. It says, "I do not agree. I think there are laws that are meant to have specific outcomes, and if the law disproportionately affects a specific group of people, it almost always." It, it almost seems like the law target them jaywalking, for example, urban officers may police jaywalking more than other neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that all may be true. And there may be these instances, right, where certain areas or certain police forces, right, or certain, you know, who knows, maybe even cities or what have you may have lots of racist people that are in positions of power or positions of legislation or what have you. But I, I still think like if you so like as the cop, right, as the cop who is now enforcing this law, there is a way to do it that's racist, but there's also a way to do it that is not racist, right? You could equally enforce jaywalking laws. And I think that the problem and the reasoning that it doesn't isn't due to the system itself. It's due to the actions of the people. I don't know what well, this all boiling down to. I'm not counting the people within the system as a part of the system i'm looking at it within the as the the legal and political system that that the, that guides the country right that guides the laws so i i get that people because i've talked with friends about this too that that disagree with me too and a lot of them include the people in the system within the the definition of the system right and so then in that case you have systemic racism because you have enough racist people that if this law goes into effect, it will have a disproportionate outcome because certain people may be acting with racist or sexist or whatever motivations. Agree. Now, think, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna. Two things I was gonna say. One, I think you you before you 
kind of etch a sketched erased your point <laughs> away. Uh, I think you had a really good point. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come. We'll, we'll go back and we'll come back to the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to ask a question that kind of related to, and this is why we have our last uh, question, just to keep it mm-hmm. uh, solid. But we did an episode with uh, the good and bad of Islam with Ask an Iranian podcast. Fantastic people, mm-hmm. um, fantastic conversations. Truly, truly genius level conversationalist. Um, but if the law of the brother street, I forgot what it was, but the law enamored around the focus of Islam, right? Mm-hmm. And their perspective towards women. Would you say the laws are systemically sexist mm-hmm. in that environment? Yes. Yeah. Especially the couple that they focused on. So the couple they focused on at the very end were very clearly divided by sex. So they talked about inheritance. They talked about um, what else? Um, I mean, exposure of, you know, of the body and hair and things is specifically tailored in the law itself. It says women can't do X, Y, or Z, or women get 50% of the inheritance that the men get, or, you know, women get this or that. So I think that's more akin to maybe not in severity or intensity, but at least in concept to something like Jim Crow laws that were more, or segregation or or slavery that was much more tailored to a particular group, as opposed to one that just leads to disparate impact or disparate outcome. That's what you meant when you said it's a it's a difference between the initial versus the expected outcome. So right, because the said- outcomes are always going to be disparate. Outcomes will always be on every almost every single metric. Just because people are different, just because there's different cultures between groups, just because there's different, you know, whatever. If we focus on the outcome, if we focus on the impact that the law or policy has, everything will lead to some level of disparate impact. You know, right. whether it's whether it's on sex, you know, males and females have differences and have different behaviors and attitudes that lead to disparity, uh, disparity in certain areas for, for good or bad, you know, race, there's, we've talked about different, you know, white or black or Asian culture in different, in different episodes, right? And there are, it's not because you are a certain race, right? But it's, you know, there are correlations with things like culture and things like behavior and things like, you know, perceptions of different things, right? People have different, you've ta- you talked about it with the jaywalking, right? Me, my perception of jaywalking was very different than yours, right? And the different laws were very different than yours. So I think it just the focus on outcome is just the wrong <laughs> approach because everything will have a disparate outcome. Right. We're going to, we'll make sure this yeah, is- Yeah, I've been really- rambling. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Okay. So you said, so, and, and just to go back, of course, the outcome is always going to be uh, to its parabola randomness, right? So it's yeah. to its natural uh, sociological entropy, right? That's going to exist. And you said uh, typically a, 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 a law that would exist in a form of uh, a population being segregated would have to come from its uh, creation in regards to like the women, for example, mm-hmm. or the Jim Crow laws that specifically dictated uh, the demographic it was targeting, right? Or, and I'll, I'll even make a, a caveat too, that it can't, there is some gray area, like there were literacy tests, right? Um, so there were literacy tests for voting. That's an example I think that is more of a gray area to where you could potentially still count it because you had a specific uh, situation where another law 
specifically prohibited reading, right, and education in those in, in certain demographics, right? And so then you enact a law that plays on that. And so I get that that then gets into some subjectivity. And mm -hmm. so I don't really know how many things fall into that quote unquote exception. But I do think that, yeah, there are a couple times where you can pretty plainly see motive like that um, to where, okay, black people can't read, let's, let's put a literacy test, right? Like that's a little more overt, I think, than something like the menthols, but that's my subjective opinion, right? So I don't, I don't know. Right, okay, no problem. And then, so with that being said, uh, would you make the in, the, in the way that you described it, if we were to go another 50 years and not see a law that either directly pointed out a race or a demographic, could you make the assumption that there was no systematic racism in the country for the, that 50 years? Mm. So do you think things will get better, you mean? No, 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 no. Would you perceive, because people, because white people have been perceiving that everything has been better since like 1800s. And everything's going to seem better if you're not the, on the brink of it. You're like, oh, your home burned, but then it was your car. It wasn't your home this time. It wasn't, you know, well, I'm, I'm just giving an example. Well, I'm saying, would you assume that systematic, would you assume, would you assume that there's no systematic racism if there weren't laws that specifically pointed out a race? Um, I mean, in the absence of any other knowledge, yeah. I mean, I guess I would assume that. I mean, it's probably not yeah i guess yeah my my gut assumption would be that yes it, it you know i would default to there isn't systemic racism as opposed to defaulting to there is okay it was a perspective that you brushed on that i've been trying to chase and i'm mm -hmm. gonna okay yeah yeah i don't know and i mean it's a topic we should probably do a whole episode on this at some point because i know you know i disagree with a lot of people right i i lean that's and, the point of the say what you yeah say. exactly that's what we came here to do Right. So, I mean, this is, a, it's an important topic, right? Systemic, systemic racism is, is an important topic to touch on because, and I think this fits in well with, you know, talking about these different laws, um, because I think it's important to, to say, like, I think, so I just, I wanted to push back a little on what, one thing you said about, you know, well, white people think it's been better since 1800s. Like I, just because I don't think there's systemic racism doesn't mean that I don't think there's racism. No, there's I agree. Still racism and there's still a lot of racism and it still leads to a lot of problems that we can fix. Right. Maybe through policy, maybe not though, and maybe and probably not through the policies that people want to push, right? Through things like equity measures or critical race theory or, you know, whatever else is is proposed. So we do I I should I should include this as a, you know, as a disclaimer. I agree with 99% of the problems that people address and and witness and and see I just think that they have different solutions and don't fit under systemic racism even if it is racism right exactly we got to do this again yeah for sure um we got okay so I want to get we got I think one other comment so I'll get this in just so that everyone can get a chance to say what needs saying uh, it says racism shouldn't be a policy problem it's a people problem in my opinion yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's why where I come from with my stance on systemic racism, right? We got to change. You just have to have less racists, right? <laughs> you just have to have people behave exactly. better. You took too many collegiate classes to say you just need to change people. There's no way you said that. Yeah. The amount of psych classes you have, that's an impossible task. I can't. But so, what's the alternative? You 
There's like, no alternative. That's it. Right. So, but is it policy? Like it would have to be if every if every root. Damn, I wish I remember the last one I said. But if every aspect has can can have an underlying race component to it, you can't take it out of the the fabric of it. It kind of just is what it is, and it sounds that kind of sounds almost nihilistic to the perspective of it. But there's so much you would have to tease apart that everyone would have to be on the same board of it. Mm-hmm. And if unless you're on the same board, then nothing will actually physically get passed. You know what I mean? Like you won't have the majority to pass certain things. So if we're this far along since pick a date, we've been this far along. It's not, it's, it's learned culture. You know what I mean? And someone said it, they said it's culture is learned at mm-hmm. home. You can't outbreed that. You can't, you're, you can't like biases and stereotypes almost naturally happen. If you watch the news, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's yeah, it's, but not if you watch, say what you'd say. That's what I mean. And that's my point is you, you absolutely, yeah, you absolutely can change it. I think you can change it. I, I do believe that I get that it's a harder, longer uh, road than, than pushing policy or pushing law. But, but I think that not just specifically us, right. But, but the people that care about it, right. People that, that want to see change, if they do something, then they, that will be in community, you know, something Dylan touched on this, Dylan touched on this. And we're, I know we're touching on everything right now. And so I know, but you know, Dylan touched on this is that you can only influence your bubble. You can only influence your community, your bubble, the people you interact with and who actually trust your opinion, right. Who trust what you're saying to them. And so I think if everyone, you know, everyone needs to do that a little better. And I think that will be, what changes things, not policy. Cause if it's policy, you'll just get people pushing back on it. Right. Cause if the policy is to tailor things to equitable outcomes and tailor things to be, you know, equitable based on race or sex or whatever, or completely uprooting the system to rid it of, of its white supremacist roots and all of these proposals. Right. Then you'll just get people like me that are like, well, no, <laughs> no. And I don't like that policy and I'm going to push back against it and I'm going to fight it. But if you have people instead, you know, trying to make their their communities a better place, I think that that's the, the more more feasible but harder solution. If then I don't know. Someone we had. OK, Zach, I'm going to say the comments and then we're going to head out of here. <laughs> yeah, good call. Someone said it said it. Roots in culture evolve the culture. The mm. culture needs awareness. I don't think you learn at home always. Okay, so that I agree. And then there's a gripe mm. that I shouldn't have a gripe about, but there's a gripe um, in regards to how understanding policies were made in benefit sure. of the LGBTQ community. I haven't seen anything politically move that fast ever. Obama yeah. walked in and it was raining men hallelujah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, such such powerful movement and progress for the LGBT community uh, is is record level. It better be in every textbook. But yeah. um, We'll have to touch on Caitlyn Jenner's stance on, speaking of laws, Caitlyn Jenner's stance on uh, trans trans uh, children participating in, in sports, right, in the, of their other sex. Well, we'll she to- is, isn't she also running for mayor? Governor of uh, California, because uh, the recall of uh, Newsom is, went through, and so people now are going to de- determine, I guess, whether they want Newsom back in or someone else. And I think she's throwing her hat in the ring. Uh, yeah, 
I don't live in the right era for the jokes that I'm coming up with. But <laughs> we're going to continue. It says, so when you're saying fixing everything, listen more. Oh, yeah. LMAO, but kind of true. If we're listening to perspectives a lot. We're going to get through these comments. Policies must hold accountable actions that are found to be people racist acts. I'm going to need a comma. Uh, personally, I don't care if you're racist as long as there's a policy or a law that protects me from you so I can live my life. Uh, I agree. Hashtag say what he's saying. Hands up. We can stop putting celebrities in politics. That's true. <laughs> Unless it's Musk. Uh, we'll, hey, we'll get back to this. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This was a really good discussion. We'll definitely have to revisit some of the topics that we touched on here. Um, mm-hmm. Let us know in the comments what you think we should address in future episodes. And if you're listening now, subscribe to us on YouTube. Give this video a like and tell your friends about us. Uh, We still grow really well through word of mouth and, you know, tell a friend about us. Subscribe on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Um, We're everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everything. Mm -hmm. And then socials, um, Facebook, we're Say What Needs Saying. Instagram, Say What Needs Saying. Twitter is Say What Needs. And yeah, Brandon, anything else before we sign off? Listen, I want you guys, you guys, each one of you have, has something you've said in your head. You're like, dang, I can't say that with my own voice. Send that here and then bring someone that you think can have these open-minded concepts. Cause we came here with a structure and then we left with a frame. So the new frame of mind, or at least whoever's listening can. Uh, and that's what we try to develop here. We try to create the, the opportunity for discussion and family. There's a lot of you guys that recognize the names and it really warms my heart that I recognize your voices too. Uh, So I thank everyone for coming. It really means a lot from the bottom of both of our hearts and the bottom of the podcast. Let's go for the next one. Yeah, 100%. Thanks, guys. See you next time.